Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. So Wilbon said they're really high level. There was a really high level of interest in a podcast that dropped yesterday that featured Cam Newton with Cam saying things you don't often hear at the media availability or his weekly radio spot in Boston. Very honest, raw, and cathartic. After all, that's what we want from our athletes. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including the NFL insider Jeff Darlington, will join us in moments on. You say that's what you want from your athletes, and then when they give it to you, it's a problem. <laughs> yep. Like, come on, man. Like, the which gift one and the is curse. Right. The, the Every one, time. You say you want honesty. You want me to talk to you. In the moment that I do. Just go get, get them. Then now it's just go play sports, <laughs> shut up and dribble, all that sort of. Which one is it? Not you, right, right. but people out there. No, you know? you're right about that. You're That's right about that. so stupid. We want authenticity more than anything in 2021. Oh, he's selfish. Kind of, right. The genuineness, the authenticity is all the stuff that sells today. Even if I am diametrically opposed to you, if I really believe it's deep inside your soul and DNA, there's something to that. There's real value in being as cathartic as you can be. And Zubin, prime example of that yesterday when, like, you know, the one video comes out where it just has Cam saying to the kid, like, <laughs> I'm rich, I'm rich. And then Cam actually has to post the full video from his own page so people can understand, well, let me tell you how the conversation actually went, right? Right. It, it, it always works out that way. It's beyond me. It's incredible. He had to apologize, even though the whole conversation was started by the kid who had to initially apologize before Cam did. It's, it's unbelievable. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. Jeff, good morning. I want you to listen to this from Cam Newton on the I Am Athlete podcast, which dropped yesterday with former NFL players Brandon Marshall, Fred Taylor, and Chad Johnson. And let's just say he may have lost some arm strength this past season, but he has not lost any swag my pride won't even allow me to do that listen bro there's not 32 guys better than me put it like that so if you're asking where you me at? Like, where you at talk bro to, talk, talk. I, i'm not 32 so. <laughs> real talk though That's, but i try to tell you that though jay doing the season as bad as he was playing i'm like man that dude ain't he ain't he is one of the top 32 quarterbacks i tried to tell oh, you i never said he's the worst quarterback no, in the league he just no. wasn't having a great year you was just saying like a lot of people that he probably won't be a starter next year he's gonna be a backup this upcoming season i'm like no not a chance and one thing jeff i want to mention as we bring you in we didn't play it but he did mention that he honestly said that his battle with the coronavirus really did affect the way that he played obviously he wasn't even signed yeah. until june or july didn't have a real off season nobody did in the nfl but there was a lot of mitigating factors so after hearing that where do you think cam lands possibility of being a starter somewhere well it's it's interesting because whenever you hear that I'm better than 32 guys in this league or I'm not the 33rd or whatever, I understand it. But in a, in a vacuum, it makes sense. But when you take it out of that and start to apply it to every team, that's where it gets more complicated. Because whether or not he should be on a team, a general manager is ultimately going to make that decision. And for him, I think he did a number of things that were really good for him this year compared to last when he was on the free agency market for several months. Number one, there were GMs last year who wondered how he'd be in the locker room. Um, he's a polarizing guy. And again, that might not be all his doing. As you guys were just mentioning, there's this weird conversation that happens that feels irrational about him almost everything that he says. But there were GMs that saw that and felt that. And these are risk-adverse people. So I think he did a really good job this season in New England of being a great teammate, uh, a great student to Bill Belichick. Uh, teams will notice that. And he also, by the way, stayed mostly healthy. 
And that was another big question. So while if we fast forward from last year to this year, not a ton has changed. And as such, he'll probably be on the open market for quite a while. It does feel like he did more good than bad and should land up on a team. Who is that? Is it? I mean, we always talk about Carson Wentz going to Indianapolis. Why do we think that's going to work? Because Frank Reich is there, right? So if he can go to Washington with Ron Rivera, doesn't that give us probably the most hope uh, that, that Cam Newton can be what he once was? Absolutely. You think about you think about Turner, the offensive coordinator who worked with Cam in Carolina. You think about Ron Rivera. You mentioned as his head coach in Carolina, especially when they went to the Super Bowl and he had an MVP-type season. Coaches that have had you before believe in you and think whatever it is is broken, they can always fix. Let me ask you this, though. You mentioned something about Cam and – you know, personality and what people think and all the general managers had things to say. What did you think about me before you start working with me? Be honest. I mean, you're not a selfish person uh, and and you've never written any books that would suggest otherwise. Uh, I just think he's exactly what I thought you would be. No, I love Jeff. I, I love, I love John. That's why I asked him that question. Now, let me ask you this, though, with another quarterback that could somehow wind up in the selfish category if he doesn't sign a long-term deal with the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott. You know how these narratives and these things swing like the wind. What's going to happen, and when are they going to tag him officially? So just from the bookkeeping purposes, I'll let you know that today is just the start of the process. Today is the first day you can tag a guy. And generally speaking, just as it was last year, a team that is trying to reach a long-term contract will not tag a guy on day one because it just doesn't send a good message. They want to negotiate in good faith. That deadline is March 9th. Look, every year we've talked about this, like the Dallas Cowboys make it clear, we want to get something done before we have to tag him. Well, uh, to be honest, based on my conversations, there's been no progress. Mm. Uh, There's been no reason for us to believe that the Cowboys are coming off of their mark uh, or Dak's coming off his mark. I don't know where it ends yet. I don't know if Dak winds up playing this year on the $37 million tag. I don't know if the Cowboys ultimately say, we're not getting this done. We might as well tag and trade him and get as much as we possibly can. Um, I don't know. What I do know is that Dak Prescott has set himself up for victory <laughs> in this regard. He, he is going to get a long-term deal, whether it is in Dallas or somewhere else. And I think he'd be very happy to do that in Dallas. This is not a fractured relationship aside from the contract itself. Um, so in that regard, I think that Dak Prescott has done everything right as a man and as a player to set himself up for the next chapter in his career, wherever that is. JD, what, what franchise tag decision out there is the most interesting to you? So the receivers in general, um, you know, the bucks how they handle Chris Godwin, if they tag him to bring him back. But, but Allen Robinson with the bears is the one to me that has the most uh, intrigue in terms of the potential fireworks. Robinson has been, the good soldier. Uh, last year, very frustrated. He didn't get his contract done, but, um, but ultimately, you know, had another successful season. If they tag him, I, I just don't see him playing under the tag. I, I think this gets messy. Um, and, and, the, and Ryan Pace, the GM, has, has showed no sense that he wants to give him the money that seemingly Robinson will deserve on the open market. So that one is the one that has the most potential for, I guess, drama and intrigue because I just can't see Robinson playing under the tag this year. 
it probably makes sense to tag him and package him and trade him, correct? Yeah, I mean, look, tagging trades, I think, are getting more and more sensible because the team is basically saying, look, these players don't want to play under the tag. They're, they're, they're not happy about it. We're going to wind up dealing with a holdout in some capacity. So rather than wait for them to become a free agent, uh, let's just, like you said, let's, let's see if we can tag and trade them. Um, and teams that are in win-now mode are willing to give up compensation for a guy that they're ultimately still going to have to do a deal with. So we've seen it more and more the past couple of years, and we could see it again this year. Jeff, you are an excellent reporter as well documented. Not only did you break the news and cover the story hey, of thanks, Tom Keith. Brady. On, no, not only did you cover the story on Tom Brady and, and gave us what we didn't know, um, but what we do know is when players unfollow teams, it sends a message. And we've seen Teddy Bridgewater yeah, right. unfollow the Carolina Panthers. So – does this open up the window for Deshaun Watson to land in Carolina and Teddy Bridgewater to be somewhere else? It does, but it was always that anyway. Um, you know, the whole unfollowing on social media thing is 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 kind of is is mind blowing to me. I wonder, Key, if you would have would you have ever unfollowed a team? Like I don't I don't see that in you. You know, like you probably would have just yeah, I'd probably, I probably know. It, knows, it, but, yeah. but to your point. You just say what you were thinking. So they did go look and try to see about getting Matt Stafford. So I guess he could feel jilted by that. They did go and get uh, – they're try- actively pursuing Deshaun Watson. Uh, and that could jilt uh, Teddy as well. But it's not as if they're done with Teddy. They would prefer – and this is where it gets sticky as a player when you start taking things personal. It's like, you know – Look, uh, if my wife says, but like, you got, but, I'm but not Jeff, though, you, you got to, but, but I will leave you for Tom Brady. But Jeff, you got to take it personal, though, when you're a player and you uprooted your family, even though they're paying you money, you uprooted your family from New Orleans uh, to I come agree. to Carolina, and then all of a sudden you have a subpar season and you're no good to them anymore. And rather than them just come and tell you, hey, man, we're getting ready to move on from you, they flirt with people behind your back. That's the that's the part that hurts that's when right. you're an athlete. It, it never goes well. It's true. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Think about the 49ers last year. People want to talk about them with Tom Brady. Do we? Does anybody feel like they really know what happened? I mean, I can tell you the 49ers were flirting with Tom Brady, okay? But they handled it so tactfully and strategically that Jimmy Garoppolo never had a chance to feel jilted or get too upset. And yes, we're talking about Tom Brady, but we're also talking about Deshaun Watson. So it's up to the organization, to your point. If you're going to flirt, like you got to be careful about it, man. And, and I don't feel like in the recent weeks we have seen the Carolina Panthers be very, uh, you know, they're kind of doing a little bit in, in the public eye a little too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you're right about that. At the end of the day, all the unfollowing stuff is a silent salvo. It says everything you need to say without saying anything at all. Jeff, thank you for being with us this morning. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, guys. Appreciate all right, John. You. See you later. Yes, and speaking of Jeff John Darlington, Mets spring training opener at the Marlins on March 1. Ron Darling will be on the call. <laughs> Just a reminder, today the franchise tag starts, ends March 9th. July 15th is the deadline to negotiate a long-term deal with the team. Otherwise, the guy has to play on the tag. On the way, what guy is the most misunderstood guy in sports? Cam waited and said, it's Bill Belichick. You weigh in and tell us who it is 
across the sports spectrum. We've gotten some amazing responses this morning. We'll take them from you at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. want to quickly tell you about the Undefeated on ESPN+, Plus, which offers fans year-round premium content. Highlighting the intersection of race, culture, and sports. Check out new premium storytelling, your favorite ESPN films, and more exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. Sign up now at ESPN.com and make sure to check out all the new all-access docuseries, Why Not Us? North Carolina Central Basketball, debuted back on February 12th, executive produced by, of course, the NBA All-Star. You know him, Chris Paul, and of course, our very own Stephen A. Smith. Find the series exclusively right now on The Undefeated on ESPN+, Plus, and you can sign up right now at ESPNplus.com. John in Oklahoma, we got to run. But what you got? Jay, he's one of my favorite point guards watching college. Key, thanks. Man. Great, consistent career. Saw it with my Cowboys. Luckily, it was safeties, not seagulls. When you went over the middle, or you wouldn't have got eight hundred <laughs> catches. Zubin, great personality, great job leading the show. More from Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. How Key, could I not know that, huh? You were there. You were there, Super Bowl 37. <laughs> Scouting report, man. I must didn't stu- I didn't study. He was too I, focused I just, on winning, it, Zubin. Even still to this day right now, I'm like, Rod Woodson? Like, he just, I don't know. Seven tackles. I know he had seven tackles. Wow. I know I, I, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> like you, I don't even remember the Super Bowl other than we won anyway in a couple plays. And I could tell you every single game, every play of every game, basically in my career, I could tell you down the distance probably why we did what we did for whatever reason in the Super Bowl is just I can't remember. I think it just I was all focused. games though. I would think of every game you've ever played. For every, everybody going on the every, last game. Everybody says the same thing you say, Zubin. I just for whatever reason the Super Bowl just became like black to me. But see, Keith, there's so I'm curious to hear from your perspective because I know just you know going to World Championships or basketball, playing in the national championship. There's so much that goes into that game. Just not scouting report, family members, fans, the environment. Post game parties, it's like all these thoughts just condense into a small little ball. It, it, it's hard to remember every single detail. It it, it was a very uh, stressful, I would say, week leading up to the game, and even the course of the game. It was just everything was stressful because it's like if I make a mistake, it cost us this. I don't want to be that guy. Like I don't want to be the guy on third and five, and all of a sudden we needed a big first down. And it just bounced off my chest. You know, I don't, I'm like, a, so I was like Jay said, 
I was focused in to the point of no return. Mm. I mean, you know, uh, I've just that's just the way I was. It's amazing. I mean, I know you know many times an athlete is defined by one thing. I, I mean, nobody wants to be defined by the worst thing they've ever done. And oftentimes it's unfair to define somebody by the best thing they've ever done. But it is amazing. There's that singular moment where you say, if this doesn't go my way, I could do everything else for the rest of time right. Like you literally literally probably can go in the computer right now, pull up a stat line and ask me a question about a game in my playing career. And I'll be able to tell you, oh, that's okay. This is but the Super Bowl, I couldn't tell you. Like, it's just people ask me all the time, how many catches you have in the Super Bowl? I'm like. I probably said it a million times, but I, I don't remember. I just It's something I don't remember. It's fascinating. Of course, speaking of remembering in the Super Bowl, I think we've all remembered that Bill Belichick has won six Super Bowls, and he's the genesis of our poll question this morning. Cam was on. Uh, Cam Newton was on the I Am Athlete podcast and essentially said, all the things you think about Bill Belichick, let me just tell you, man, he's one of the coolest dudes out there and essentially we hear that all the time from people that really know bill this facade that we get in the media when he goes out there and talks is way different than the guy you get so he's misunderstood our question this morning who's the most misunderstood guy in sports and to key's point even misunderstood can be misunderstood into with regards to interpretations so you just tell us who's the guy or gal in sports across the spectrum and we will get to you in moments. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. It's all, Jay, about fierce, being a competitor, whether you're a coach or a player. And people say you misunderstood because you wear your emotions on your sleeve. Mm. You approach it a certain way. Like I'm, like I'm laser focused in a game. And when I come off the field, I don't have time to be talking to somebody. I'm not being disrespectful to you. I just, my focus is somewhere else. You want to ask me something about whatever. And I'm trying to get to the locker room at halftime. Right. It's not that I don't appreciate it. Right. But what happens is now you, Zubin, Mehete, right. sports center guy, you take that. Right. And go and tell somebody, Keyshawn's an ass. I got a cell phone video of Keyshawn being standoffish and aloof when I'm trying to ask him a question on the way off the field. Key, why won't you just answer this? Why won't you? Key, I'm headed to the locker room. In 15 minutes, I'm going to meet up with you and we yes. can do it. But and then, by the way, the one answer is isn't enough. One answer isn't enough because then there's a follow-up question. What do you mean by that? It turns into a 10-minute conversation instead of a quick answer. I feel responsible, partly for, for all of Well, the only reason why I keep <laughs> referring to you is because I watched those Sports Center highlights when I was playing, and you worked on Sports Center, and so I saw what Neil and Stan and Boomer and somebody in Oberman and those dudes would say, and it resonates. It's like, well, that's not what happened, but that's the only thing that they got from the people in the field. So they're writing their stuff and saying certain things. Perception is reality. I think people, I think people lose sight of the fact that this is entertainment. Right. So it's funny. Kyrie Irving is the MVP of the misunderstood player, in my opinion. He's the MVP, <laughs> right? Because if you think of, if you're evaluating what he does on the court, that's one thing because he is block office. Like there is nobody more dazzling with the ball than Kyrie Irving. But all the things that happen off the court, that all of a sudden that consume the room that that consumes your view of Kyrie Irving and all these little tidbits about what's happening. It's uh, that's that's the world we live in. And when you think about it, Zubin and Jay, about Coach Belichick. It's so much that goes into what he does to become, in my opinion, the greatest coach to ever do it. Now, I didn't see all the other dudes back in the 60s and all that other stuff. I'm talking about from my time as a professional athlete, the best that ever has done it, to do it. Been in the room with him 
on the details. I played on the defensive side of the ball in two-minute situations for us. With a minute 30 to go on the clock, they put me in as one of the extra safeties. There's a four or five plays that a team may have that they utilize in those situations. So I would be sitting in the damn meeting room for three or four plays on film for like an hour. If the guy does this, if he does that, look at him, drop back right here, Key. I'm like, okay, I'm just watching the ball. I don't care about all the other stuff, but it's that little bit of attention to detail. Mm-hmm. But you also get to know who that person is mm-hmm. as you're sitting in that room. And you're sitting there going, okay, I see why he is as successful as, he's, as he is because this is important to him. Mm-hmm. It's not, it, it, it may not be as important to me, but it's important to him. So, therefore, it needs to be important to me. And so you learn all of those sort of things, and then along the way, you might get a chuckle or two. So now you get a better personality. You understand who the person is. First time I ever went to dinner with Bill Belichick, I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, because I, I only know him as a coach prior to this. Like, eh, little coach, just uh, mad all the time. Little coach. Yeah, because, you know, yeah, Bill. <laughs> little coach. You know, he's like, uh, mad all the time. And then when you really dive into it throughout the course of practice, he cracks a few little jokes that kind of like, Womp, womp, womp. But then you're like, okay, that's his personality. I see where he's going with this. And then you just learn more and more. You're like, oh, I, I mess with him. Yeah. But use other words instead of that. <laughs> Let's learn what you think about this. So there's this is the poll question this morning. Who's the most misunderstood person in sports? Don in Nebraska is on ESPN Radio. The way we've talked about Scott Frost on the program, Jeez. I'm half expecting Uh-oh. him to say Scott Frost. But he's not. Don in Nebraska is on ESPN Radio this morning. Don, who is the most misunderstood person in sports? Or not. Good morning, Don. Or there, Don? Maybe his phone froze in Nebraska. Don was good. There he is. Don, you there? Yeah. Go ahead. Who's the most most misunderstood person in sports? I'd say Richard Sherman. Well, you know, Rich, but Richard, see, Jay, I don't know how you feel about this. I know who Richard Sherman is. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, every day. That's why I'm like, he's not misunderstood to me. He yeah. may be misunderstood to the masses of people in certain marketplaces, but to me, he ain't misunderstood. Well-educated brother that went to Stanford. Exactly. That graduated at the highest honors in his class. I know who he is, mm-hmm. his intelligence. Mm-hmm. So I'm, he's not misunderstood to me. He's telling you exactly what it is. But then, much like our guy Don said in Nebraska, he's misunderstood to certain people to Don. in certain – well, Don didn't say – but Don just said that he's misunderstood, but Don may not misunderstand him. He may think that there's people out there that do mm-hmm. in certain parts of our country, which is probably true because Richard Sherman is a guy who speaks his mind very uh, matter-of-fact, kind of eloquently, and you have to be able to be on his level to understand what he's yeah. saying. And if you're not on his level, Jay, everything is going to go over your head because it's just that cool. I got another one for you, it, it, Draymond Green. I mean, Draymond Green mm-hmm. tells you like it is, too. It's another one, Zubin. Yeah, Cortland in North Carolina. You're on ESPN Radio. Most un, uh, most misunderstood guy in sports is who? What's up, guys? Hello. What's up? What's happening? Big fan. So, uh, real quick, I just think, as a fan, the point of this is that we don't know these guys, right? Regardless of how I want to think about them or how I want to say he's misunderstood. So, I wanted to go from a performance point of view. 
I think one of the most misunderstood guys is probably Baker Mayfield. You sit there and you watch him and you, you have this thing about how he's not a good QB, but he's the reason, you know, that they went so far and did. I mean, in, in his last 11 games, he only threw two picks. And trust me, I played quarterback as a, as a young man. And you can't win a game as a quarterback, but you can definitely lose a game all by yourself. So that's, what I, that's the direction I wanted to go. No, you, mm. you, you are that's right, Cortland, and, and that's one of the reasons that I think me and Jay and even Zutu Z. Z to a point is on this show, both on television and in radio. Cause one of the things that I'm going to for sure do is I'm going to tell you like it is not like you want it to be. And I think a lot of times that's what happens with athletes is they tell it the way that it is and not like people want it to be. And when we talk about a Baker Mayfield, I say the things that it really truly is, and people will disagree with that because they've already set this narrative in their mind about not only what type of quarterback he is, but who he is. They make you – we joke about it, but they make you feel like Baker Mayfield got 50 commercials. (laughs) Baker Mayfield got two damn commercials, man. But people send it out there like, oh, he needs to concentrate on – Playing football instead of all those commercials. I'm like, the dude Putting got two spin commercials. They put their spin on the key. That's but, what everybody does. They put their you know, spin on it. And then Baker, if you listen to him, even the way he jokes, imagine how difficult it is for Baker to manage everything he's managing with OBJ, the run he was on, uh, the last five or six games playing at a high level. He still finds ways to joke with teammates in his post-game pressers where they challenge each other to say certain lyrics of rap songs, right? Like, it, it, to find your sense of normalcy, it's so challenging to do, and these guys still try to do that. And I, I agree with him on Baker Mayfield. That's a great call. Indeed. We'll take your calls the rest of the morning. Again, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If you're running around, Key Jay-Z on Twitter, can't get on the phone line, most misunderstood person in sports. Draymond Green, Dennis Rodman, Patrick Reed, Richard Sherman, they've been coming in hot and heavy. Back to the NFL in one minute, but first, Sports Center. Ingles, guarded by Biombo, jabs with his left foot, now drives, help comes, cross-court to Donovan for the franchise record, got it. 27 threes tonight for the Utah Jazz. Wow. Best team in basketball, Zubin. Hard to argue if if the standings mean anything to you, right? Franchise record, wow, 27 threes. Jazz over the Hornets, 132-110, they're 25-6. They are idle today, and they got a huge game tomorrow and they'll take on the Lakers on ESPN. We'll see if they're bombing away again tomorrow night. If there's one thing that's struggling with the Lakers right now, and Frank Vogel has said it, it's actually Los Angeles' three-point shooting. So keep an eye beyond the arc tomorrow night. Keep an eye on what Duke is doing. They defeat Syracuse 85-71. That was on ESPN last night. They extend their win streak to four. Uh, I'm going to get killed here by Key. I just want to mention they're now 6-0 and without Jalen Johnson. <laughs> I do want to clarify, three of those six games came when he was on the team but wasn't playing, was injured, played limited minutes. But they are 6-0, and a small measure of revenge for the Blue Devils after Jim Beheim had publicly criticized Jalen Johnson for leaving the program and had to feel good for his teammates to put the smackdown on Beheim and the Orange. Black history always, 2020, brought attention and prominent commitments to HBCUs, historically black colleges and universities. We saw Makur Maker become the first high school stud in the recruiting era to go HBCU when he went to Howard. And then just over the weekend, we saw Deion Sanders take the helm at Jackson State off to a 1-0 start. Deion's going to join us a little bit later this morning. Sports Center presented by Progressive Insurance. Primetime in the morning. 
At Progressive, they're making things even easier for you. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. That is coming from former Cowboy Marcus Spears, and the full expectation is that Dak is a present and future Cowboy. We're going to get into it in one second with Lou Riddick, the front office insider. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and Lou and all of our guests joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Lou, before we get into Wait, Dak— Wait, I want to correct you. What do you, what do you got? He's no longer a front office insider. Okay. He is Monday Night yes. Football Mr. Monday Mr. Night Football. Mr. Monday Night yes. Football. See, you were so locked in there, Zubin. I had to <laughs> stop you. I appreciate you. that. I had we to stop you, Lou. We've we gradu- got you, Lou. Hey, Lou, we've I graduated from that, man. We, we own the big and better right. things. <laughs> on that- yeah, for real. Yeah. Yeah, on man. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, this way. This way. <laughs> Upward and onward. But on that tip, I want to take you back to your previous life because working inside an organization, don't kill me here at the front office level, Keith, you know things that fans are dying to know. Take me inside an organization yeah. today. If today's the first day the tag can be applied, we'll go to March 9th. We're looking ahead to July 15th for the long-term deal. Just take me inside an organization and how a team sort of decides what are we going to do here with some of our most important players. Yeah, I mean, these discussions have been being had for, for weeks now anyway, Zubin. And, and people are right now have a pretty good idea about what they want their roster to look like. Now it's just a matter of going ahead and executing and, and you know, basically going ahead and putting the tag on people and or, you know, deciding that they're not going to put the tag on people and let them hit free agency. In the case of Dak Prescott, I think – I think it's well-known within Dallas' circles. At least I would hope it's well-known within Dallas' circles and within that building that they are going to either tag him and go ahead and pay him close to $70 million over two years or go ahead and try and make sure they get him signed to a long-term contract. And again, in Dak's Dak's case, he's going to win either way. And then the third scenario, which really would be for Dak to hit free agency again, that's why Dak and everyone has been saying about Dak that he's, he's going to win no matter what in this free agency period. It, it doesn't matter what happens with him. I, I think we would all take $70 million over two years. I think we'd all take a contract that averages upwards of near $40 million per year on a long-term deal, whether that be with Dallas or somewhere else. So those are the kind of decisions that people now are going to start actually putting into action. The discussions have been had for a long time now. Free agency and the plan for free agency, as far as teams are concerned, is pretty much already in the books. They know what they're going to want to do. They're moving on to draft preparation because draft preparation right now is something that is taking on a whole different um, characteristic as far as the lack of information and the lack of up-close and personal contact you have with players. So I think everyone kind of has their game plan already formulated. It's just now it's just time to act. Lou, explain to me and, and to us, get me to understand why you think that tagging Marquise Godwin versus Shaq Baird of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, Chris Marquis Godwin, Chris Godwin of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yeah. instead yep. of Shaq Barrett. W- why is that? Well, you know what? Th- that's a great question. Look, I-, I personally would go the route of tagging the pass rusher and making sure that he is in the fold and that we're trying to work out a long-term deal with him, especially given how – the defensive end or rather the outside linebacker pass rusher position at, at Tampa Bay is, is presently constructed. Look, JPP, while he's still a tremendous player, is someone 
who is getting a little up there in terms of age, and we just don't know how much longer he can sustain the ridiculously high-level performance that he's already performing at. And Shaq is someone who's fit in perfectly. So I would, I would tag Shaq Barrett and make sure he is in the fold. As far as Chris Godwin is concerned, look, there's no doubt that Chris is one of the best inside slot players in the NFL, who can also play on the outside as well. But, I mean, he's just a big physical presence on the inside there. But they have other options at wide receiver. They have other ways to go with that position that wouldn't totally hamstring their ability to go ahead and defend their Super Bowl championship if he were to able to if he were to go ahead and leave and go to another team. So I, I would I would take the route of making sure that Shaq is someone that comes back for 2021 and beyond, no question about it. Okay. I, I'm gonna throw my producer underneath the bus right now because I I, I was sitting there saying to myself my man Lewis is not going to tag a slot receiver before a pass rush outside linebacker. But my producer was saying that he thought that you wanted to tag the receiver. That's why I asked you the question, because I was going to say, wouldn't you tag a pass yeah. rush specialist before you would a slot receiver that you can get walking down the street? And you answered that for me. Um, what do you think about the situation in Teddy Bridgewater? in Carolina, them moving on for him. And I know getting Deshaun Watson is a big plus. Um, Are they handling the situation with Teddy Wright, though? Yeah, look, I mean, you obviously want to give players, and and I'm big on this, Key. Look, I think you want to show players as much respect as possible and be as upright, I mean, rather as upfront and honest with them as you possibly can be as far as what your long-term plans are for them and for the team overall, especially when you're talking about quarterback, all right? And you just want to be – and players will respect that. As far as, you know, what Matt Rule really ultimately wants to do with this offense, look, I understand that they want to upgrade the explosive component of that position and make it one where it can lift the rest of the football team, especially in those critical situations, which is what they feel as though they didn't have. That they had situations this year – that if they had a little bit more of an explosive component, an, an off-schedule playmaking component at quarterback, that maybe their record would have been even better and they would have been in more contention in more football games to get to ultimately get to W. And obviously Deshaun Watson is someone who both Matt Rule and Jeff Tepper, the guy who, who owns the Carolina Panthers, feel as though would give them. And, and I think all of us would feel as though Deshaun Watson would give them. So I, I don't think – look. I don't know if Deshaun ultimately is going to hit the market in the first place. I personally have my doubts. I don't think that Nick Casario would want to do that, and I don't think he's ultimately going to do that. But I do believe once the eighth pick of the first round rolls, rolls around and Carolina's up to pick, a quarterback will be picked. And we'll see which guy it's going to be. I have my suspicions about who it's going to be, and I have my feelings about who I think would fit that offense run by Joe Brady, but we'll see. Lou, let's talk about another quarterback in Cam Newton that said uh, the other day in the I Am An Athlete podcast that there aren't 32 quarterbacks better than him. Will Cam be a starter next year for a franchise? That's a tough question to ask, Jay Will. I mean, it, it really is, or rather a tough question to answer because, like I think right now with teams, th- these are the questions they're going to have right or wrong about Cam. Number one, exactly just how healthy is he? Just where is he at physically? Both you know, as far as his wheels are concerned and how, how much ability does he still have to be that dynamic 
uh, dual threat component that can actually run the football, make off schedule plays, and produce first downs with his legs. And then his upper body and his arm, just what, how much does he have left in that arm? How much juice does he have in it? How much control does he have over as far as his accuracy is concerned? So I think people, th- those are the two questions, number, number that, you know, first and foremost that they're going to have. And then I think with Cam, you just want him to be able to get to a place where he can get you know, acclimated to the system right away. He was playing catch-up right from the get-go up there in New England. And really, you know, when you add on the fact that he dealt with COVID during the season, it just really put him behind. And he wasn't able to really show what he is really worth at this point in time and rather where his skill level really is at this point in time. It just didn't work for him. I don't believe he's done. I do believe he still has starting ability, but it needs to be the right place where he can get in early and where he can really show People, look, this is what I have left. This is what I can still do, and they can tailor an offense for him. It remains to be seen whether or not you know, that actually happens, but I do believe that he still has some years left and that we shouldn't go ahead and you know, close the book on his career at this point yet. Indeed. He was dangling out there till late June. The Pats didn't even make the signing official till July 8th. We'll see what happens over the next few months to Cam Newton. And that is key. Monday Night Footballs. Mr. Monday Night Football. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mr. <laughs> Monday Night Football. Thank you, Lou. Thanks, Lou. All right. Appreciate y'all. All right. Can't wait. Path to the Draft. Lou will be a part of it April 29th, ESPN Television and ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. On the way, it's been a honeymoon. It's just a few days in for Carson Wentz with his new team, hoping to resurrect his career. All smiles. But hang on, he already got slapped in the face. Wait till you see how. That's next, Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. That is the best place for Carson Wentz to wind up. Coached again by Frank Reich. This is put up or shut up for Carson Wentz and Frank Reich. Frank Reich, you're staking your career on this guy being what he was in 2017. This is Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Made to Z, brought to you by Merrill, brought to you by Merrill. Merrill Edge self-directed helps putting investing goals within reach. Get started at MerrillEdge.com slash within reach. Merrill Lynch, Pierce, Fenner, oh. and Smith Incorporated, registered broker, dealer, member SIP. 
C. Lakers dropped their third straight. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just reporting the facts. <laughs> they missed Anthony Davis. Wizards win 127-124 over the Lakers in overtime. LeBron says it's going to be a little bit of a slog without his wingman. You know, it's a challenge for us. It's a little adversity. I mean, you know, the injuries and things that's going on with our team. And you know, obviously, AD being so, you know, is a big piece of our team. I mean, a huge piece of our team. And then you add Dennis not being out there, another ball handler, another scoring uh, guy, another commander of our offense and our defense. It's, it's, a, it's a big blow for us. So, you know, we're in a rough patch right now, but we'll figure it out. That's for sure. And Jay, Dennis Schroeder is their third leading scorer. LeBron, AD, Schroeder, they don't have leading scores two and three. How concerned are you? Uh, well, look, I, I think this team will bounce back. Obviously, them playing against the Utah Jazz their next game, if Dennis Schroeder is still not available, I, it's going to be a loss. But here's the real question you have to start asking yourselves if you are Frank Vogel or Rob Palenka. How do you manage LeBron James' minutes? How many games do you sit him out? You have to start thinking low management for LeBron. I, I do not think seating is as important in this race. I mean, look, obviously you don't want to play to a degree against Utah. You rather have Utah play the Clippers. But with no fans in the stands, it doesn't really matter. It makes sure that LeBron James is healthy and ready to go and fully rested when you get to that point of the season. So you have to start building in some strategy for him to get some nights off. Lakers have been better on the road than at home. And tomorrow, as Jay said, they'll be on the road again. Big spot, NBA on ESPN, doubleheader, Lakers, Jazz tomorrow, 10 Eastern time. We'll start it out with the Warriors and the Pacers at 7.30 Eastern, both of those games tomorrow on ESPN. So we had a little fun with this before the break. Carson Wentz, right? He's still in the honeymoon phase, back with Frank Reich, back with his old QB coach, Press Taylor, looking for a fresh start in Indianapolis. But he's going to have to have a fresh uniform number. He's always rolled since number 11, going all the way back to North Dakota State. But the problem is his new Colts teammate, Michael Pittman, owns jersey number 11. Wentz can have anything he wants, right? You're the quarterback of an NFL team. Well, Everything but one thing. I am number 11. I don't think that there's any deal that is going to be done. And honestly, like, I like wouldn't feel right taking money from somebody over, like, a football yeah. number. So, um, so I'm pretty sure that I'm set in it. That's Pittman to TMZ. All right, take me inside. We I feel right. This, I right? feel right taking somebody's money key. Oh, I'll take 100 stacks if you want the number 11. We always hear this I'll as fans, it. right? I got to have that. It means something to me. It's sentimental. It's good luck. And you guys are willing to hand over a fortune for it. You got any cool stories with this? I'm not paying somebody for the number, though. I'm not paying. For 19? No, not a chance. Because if you win 19, they already know before we do the trade or the deal, you coming out of that number. So it's not even <laughs> something that – that's real talk. That's <laughs> the way you negotiate with the team beforehand. Man, it's not even a negotiation. I don't need to say anything. The equipment manager already knows that we need to reassign whoever that is in 19. We need to reassign him back into an 80 number. That's yeah. not even that's not even something to have a conversation about. Well, Carson Wentz ain't Keyshawn Johnson. And Carson Wentz coming into this scenario, completely different thing. No, no. Carson Wentz is the starting quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh-huh. Carson Wentz doesn't want to flex his muscles because he's coming to a new place. And he's got a little bit of a kind of like a locker room. People say his locker room issues was, you know, there yeah. in Philadelphia. So he doesn't want to come in Soft starting yeah. and flexing his muscles. 
if I'm Carson Wentz, it's not even a question that Michael Pittman Jr. is coming out of 11. But see, this, this, it's this just is not a question. This it's is not so even, interesting, Keith. It's not a question. This goes back to the confidence level of the quarterback that you want. And I'm not saying that Carson Wentz needs to come in and flex his muscles and say, this is my number, I'm number 11. <laughs> but doesn't that ultimately worry you a little bit about Carson? Like, the fragility of it. Like, how does he handle the locker room? Like, can't everybody play nice again? How does he get along with the head coach? Like, will he have the same kind of conviction to be the leader that he once was? Well, I, you know, I don't really know Carson Wentz like that. I just know that when it comes to certain situations, it's already known that that's his number. Like, you are a second-year receiver. You're getting ready to turn that number over to me, bro. That's that ain't even. Michael Pittman was talking like he was a starting quarterback. That ain't team. even. That it's That's not even saying. anything to talk about. I remember once. I don't know who it was. It was, it was somebody that had like wore nineteen in practice or something like that, and it, or somebody gave me a hypothetical. What if somebody had nineteen? That's what it was. What if somebody had nineteen on the team that I was going to or traded to? Uh-oh. And my whole thing is, if you wear nineteen, chances are you probably are not going to be on the team long term. That's <laughs> just, uh, just the reality of it. It does need to start with an eight, generally. Yeah, most, yes. most receivers start with an eight early on in my career. And if I got moved, and you're not going to be there very long. Here's the one thing I would have said to Carson Wentz. Too little, too late, and obviously he doesn't care what I think. But I would have said, uh, you know, your dad wore 32 or 28. So how about you honor your dad by wearing 32 or 28 and you give me number 11? Probably wouldn't have worked. Where's number one? For the Pats, Cam Newton going to land next year.